Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. Yeah, well, welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio. Not the Smugglers 3 or the Dazzling Duo, but the Intrepid Trio. That's Ky- right. Kylan, Eric, and myself, Izzy Iskowitz. Word. I mean, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> All right. Well, at least you're not White Wazowski. <laughs> Story behind Izzy Iskowitz on the Billy Crystal Marvelous comedy album. He talks about he he does his Howard Cosell impersonation, Cosell Ali impersonation, and he yeah. does the whole bit about um, Muhammad Ali is changing religions again. And he goes, Howard, I want to be ne- I, I changed my religion to Judaism, and I now want to be known as Izzy Iskowitz. And you hear him do Howard going, oh, please, no, help us, please. <laughs> so for whatever reason, that name stuck, and I like that. Oh, my gosh. And, okay. and this, the sad thing is I can totally hear that in my head. I can't tell. Oh, my gosh. So um, before I ask you guys how you're doing, how about this great little story? Zoe started watching that Marvel Rising Secret Warriors show. Yeah. It is Marvel's answer to like Forces of Destiny because right. it's, they're doing a movie, but it's also a series of episodes that are three to four, three to five minutes long, just like Forces of Destiny was for Star Wars. And, um, she's watching first episode and character comes on. She's like, <gasps> then they say, it's the ghost spider. She goes, what the heck is Marvel doing with this crap? Calling her Ghost Spider. She's Spider Gwen. <laughs> and the best part is Eric knows exactly how this is all going down. <laughs> having having met her and having had dinner with us. Um, Zoe shoots from the hip. Oh, she doesn't back down. She she's very. If she doesn't like it, she tells you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I like that about her. I do like that about her. She she is honest to the point of brutality. Well, today at her school was the first meeting of the podcast club 
first school in the district to have a podcast club, and it happens to be an elementary school. And she came up with the name because the school's mascot is Bear Cubs Cub Cast. It's a great name, except there's no Mowgli to uh, to host it. <laughs> so that was my big Marvel moment for the week. How are you guys doing? Doing okay. Found out that I take less blood pressure medicine than uh, my doctor's Scottish Terrier. Ooh. Oh, but I, I shan't divulge. <laughs> I shan't elaborate, rather. I bought a new car last week, and, and so I'm, I'm tricking her out slowly. She'll decals go on That's it. That's pretty when. much it for me. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Her name is Natasha. Black Widow decals go on. You're not way. driving a Russian car, are you? Oh no, no, it's a Jeep. Okay. But in my head, in my head, it's a surplus shield vehicle. Okay. <laughs> well, um, today, as we record, new trailer came out, and I promise you guys, it's not going to be like the Captain Marvel trailer because, um, well, most people really are starting to not care about this particular franchise. Unfortunately, you're right, and it, they even they even kind of they even kind of call it in the trailer itself. Uh, we are talking about the first X Men Dark Phoenix trailer, which uh, premiered today, dropped today. Actually, it dropped uh, last night yeah. uh, during the late late show with James Corden. I didn't see it because it was a late late show. Uh, just to clarify. But, uh, uh, it dropped on September 26th as the time okay. people hear this. But yeah. in our case, as we're recording, it dropped the night before. So there you go. And I, I really, unfortunately, like you said, I don't think anybody's really caring because this is like it with the Disney acquisition of Fox. I think everybody and their brother expects all the current X-Men storylines, cinematic storylines, to pretty much be a dead end. Mm -hmm. Having said that, uh, the three of us watched the trailer together before before we started recording, and I think it's a shame because I do believe this is a – it has a potential to be good. Yeah. But but people aren't going to care. You basically see what happened to Jean when she was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And apparently she telekinetically flipped the car that she was riding in with the folks and they died. So Xavier uh, basically messes with her mind. He says, I had to keep her stable. And he's telling this to Mystique. You know, I had to keep her stable. I protected her. To which Mystique says, from the truth? There's another word for that. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you know, she discovers that there's all the stuff that Xavier has done to her. And uh, Magneto says, quote, she's all rage, pain, and it's all coming out of us. And let's let's point out what she's doing in this. She flips several cop cars. She takes. Take, she grabs a military helicopter, turns it on its side, and turns it into a buzzsaw on a bunch of soldiers. Uh, and basically, it's just causing a lot of death and destruction. Right. And, you know, you see, of course, Charles is sorry for what he did. He, he regrets what happens. But Magneto just looks him and, and just savage burns him, says, you're always sorry, Charles. And there's always a speech. And nobody cares. Right. And I think that's pretty much going to be this movie in a nutshell. 
Right. And nobody yeah. cares. I mean, X-Men first, X-Men first class was not bad. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought for a reboot of the franchise, it was wonderful. Days of future past, present, whatever. I did not like the fact that they changed instead of Kitty going back to the past, sending Logan back to the past. I understand Hugh Jackman is a much more popular character, but it really, to me, it really messes up the timeline. Yeah, and... And to be honest, you can't expect a total word-for-word, panel-for-panel, faithful adaptation of a comic book to a movie. Right. No, you can't. But I was expecting, okay, we're going to, in the book, they send Kitty Pride back. Mm -hmm. They're going to do it in the movie. That didn't happen. It's the whole change of the character going back and the motive of why going back. I mean, Mm -hmm. still take care of the Sentinels, but still... The, the motive behind it changes, and, and the means to to fix things in the past changed. I, I think there was something in having Kitty, the youngest, and therefore, quote-unquote, most innocent of all of them, mm-hmm. being the one burdened with the message. I think that was a very poignant part of the original comic book. Yeah. And when you switch to Logan, you lose that. Yep. Right, because Logan is many things. Innocent is not one of them. No. Right. Now, then you have um, X-Men Apocaflop, uh-huh. when they can't get Apocalypse to look right. Yeah. Um, right. You have Poe Dameron doing a cosplay of a bad Power Rangers villain. Well, the, Dang, you're right. The the thing that, that I found intriguing was there was a guy who had done other work for Marvel, effects artist, who did Apocalypse, his mask, and in the head and everything looked beefier than what we actually saw. Now, see, I think that's part of it. I mean, Apocalypse is a very beefy individual. Yeah. I mean, and, and another thing, he's Egyptian. Yep. As a matter of fact, if I – no, 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 I'm thinking of somebody else. Never mind. Uh, I was thinking of the Sphinx. Okay. But that's a completely different character. That was like a Fantastic Four character. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, Apocalypse being like incredibly ancient, incredibly beefy, and really you could get a whole lot closer to the comic book version with just makeup. I mean, you oh, don't yeah. have to be very prosthetic heavy. You don't have to do like they did with Thanos and do, you know, motion capture, you know, all CGI. I mean, well, it may have been better if they did, though, because sure. because that way you get the beefiness. Because Thanos, you know, James Brolin, Josh Brolin, excuse me. <laughs> James Brolin is too old to be Thanos. Josh Brolin, I mean, he's beefy, but he's not Thanos beefy. Yeah. I mean, Thanos is well over seven foot tall. True. I mean, but still, I mean, you could get the size stuff done. And yeah, you could get the actor a little bit beefier. Right. But yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm there with you. The, the movie Apocalypse could have looked a whole lot better. Very true. So getting back, sorry, I derailed us hard. Getting back to Dark Phoenix. Which I don't think really I derailed that bad because it's still related to the history of the X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you notice watching this trailer, 
from the Dark Phoenix saga in the comics, a lot of it took place in space. Yeah, it did. It did. Not here. This is very much Earthbound. Well, they they almost, to me, it feels like they're they're almost rehashing half of the X Men Three script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am. I totally see where you're getting that from, and I'm kind of there with you. Well, you know, and uh, well, okay, I'll say it. I, I'm not sure, and this is something that kind of bothers me. Like, I, I feel better about this story with older X-Men, you know? Like, oh, I'll, okay, now I know, I know that in the comics they probably were, you know, at the most early 20s when this happened. But for me, especially, I guess, considering how heavy this story is it feel it, i don't know it felt a little better when we were looking at this in x-men 3 as opposed to now when it just seems to be they you know you're saying they 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 seem a little young for something so dark yeah 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 i can see that i i guess my follow-up question to that would be are, are you sure i mean okay maybe it's not a question but more of don't run away from your feelings oh my gosh really really yeah yeah. Now I now you now you make me want to go and watch that movie again. <laughs> but and, and here's the frustrating part. I know we will see additional trailers between now and Valentine's Day, which is when this comes out. Oh, so yeah. What what, what yeah. a heartbreaking movie. Yeah. Well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I, I really just don't, I don't know. I, I just, I can't, on one hand, I want to care about this movie. On the other hand, I can't. I am ready for the Fox-Disney merger to finish. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they could either decide, keep this cast and reboot, bringing them into the MCU, or recasting the whole thing and go and go something new. I I like I like the cast. I mean, I don't I don't have any issues with the casting. I really don't. Right. So, I really don't know how I would handle this. I mean, other than put Kevin Feige in charge of it, but apparently that's happening too. Well, I mean, but, I mean that I guess you know as there's so many X Men stories out. Does it have to be this one? And, and and I say that, and I'm saying that to say, as somebody who's a fan of Gifted, okay, and and, the gift, and and I look at what they are able to do with the Gifted, okay, and the Gifted definitely focuses is is more of a character driven show, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, okay, that you know you are dealing with mutants, okay, of course, but it's definitely more of a character driven show. And that show is able to pull me in and make me feel engaged more so than any of the X-Men movies. It was just like I, I, like I was telling you guys, I, I, ba- I barely remember anything about Days of Future Past. I remember a few things, but forget talking about Apocalypse. I, I just, you know... There's maybe one or two things I remember. I just remember paying my money, sitting down, and then <laughs> that was it. And then you blinked. All of a sudden, it was over with. It's kind of like, what the heck happened? Exactly. You know? It, it, it's new Hydra mind control. Is that what it is? That's what it is. It's like the anti-Tahiti? Yeah. It's Tahiti spray. <laughs> they pump it in through the HVAC. <laughs> it's a magical scent. 
It, hey, it's but I much, will say it's much ahead. better than some shark repellent stuff that our English competition uses. Ooh, well, are you are you bringing? Well, that's up. only they're only doing that because some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Oh, <laughs> oh, especially when Zack Snyder's involved. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I will say one thing that I really do like Watch, about man. this trailer yeah. is the end scene where you see her and you start seeing her being Jean Grey. And you start seeing these little energy, these rivers of energy flowing across her face, almost like energy cracks are forming. And I'm reminded of Rachel, the phoenix from Days of Future Past, and also Excalibur, who is supposed to be her daughter. Yes. And she comes from the future timeline, and she's got these tattoos all over her face. Mm-hmm. And these energy tr- crackles are looking a lot like her tattoos. Yeah. You know what? You're right. And I'm just like, I wonder if they're going to try to play that in somehow. I would not be surprised. Would not be surprised. I kind of hope they do. That'd be a nice tie-in. I agree. Yep. Mm. So, well, uh, to go from there, how about Channing Tatum's Gambit movie, rumored to finally have a start date? Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> um, On the subject of things nobody cares about, or at least people named Kylan. Yeah, exactly. Unless, unless, unless he does us a favor like he did in uh, Kingsman Golden Circle and shows up for like two minutes and then disappears for like the rest yeah. of the movie. Yeah, just saying. Um, so the site GWW, uh, Geeks Worldwide, okay. Um, they came out and said, Fox won't let the Gambit movie just die and could shoot this February in New Orleans. Uh, Fox is attempting to get production up and running one more time for February 15th in New Orleans. Uh, supposedly we'll be filming at Big Easy Studios. Uh, Fox has used the stage locale in the past for projects like Logan and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, at one point they originally planned on the film last February, then it was delayed due to the to spring summer and then placed on hiatus for an undisclosed time. Um, like everyone, there there's some wariness to the film, um, almost like Avatar. Of is it actually going to happen? Especially since there's no official director, so apparently Channing is not going to take that part on his own. Um, so that's where I've got with that. Uh, actually, there are some quotes from from Channing. Uh, I think we got lucky. We got hit with some setbacks, and it was all for good reason. We're trying to do something completely different. Uh, we were trying to do something that this gene of movie hasn't seen before. We kept running into the same problems, and then Deadpool and Logan came through and kicked the doors down. So, yeah. I, uh, mm, anyway. You know, we've heard this with, with other movies throughout the years. I mean, there... There are some movies that go through this production crap. I can't say what it is. Production hack. Production purgatory. There, That's close enough. And it's in there for years. It finally comes out, and it's a great movie. Other ones, they go through the production purgatory for years, and it finally comes out, and it's complete garbage. It is such a dice roll, and the longer a movie stays in production, the more of a dice roll it becomes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, prime example, Justice Flop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm not talking about just superhero movies. I'm talking oh, about yeah. movies in general. Right. And sometimes, you know, the, sometimes it's time well spent. I mean, I, I do kind of want this movie to succeed just because I have a soft spot for the underdog, and I just think at this point the movie does qualify as an underdog. Yeah. I mean, the success of Deadpool and Logan, it kind of gives me a little bit of hope. True. Because what does it, what do these three movies have in common? They're all about solo characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think maybe just maybe Fox can can do something good if they don't if they don't have too many characters to deal with. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, as much as I don't like that particular actor, if he's able to give us a good version of Remy LeBeau. I don't think he can, though. Say, I don't think he can either. And I could be completely wrong by it. I, I want to be wrong, you know, but I don't know. To me, it, it's, I feel like, okay, we, everybody, we, we all know Wolverine's big. We, we get it. Mm-hmm. We know that. We all know Deadpool's big. We get it. Yeah. The thing is, like, uh, once you move away from Deadpool and Wolverine, who a lot of people consider overpowered characters to a certain degree, there's a there is a there is a certain affection for Gambit, you know. And considering that, like the 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 what we got of Gambit, the only on screen version that we got was, you know. A, a tepid version at that from uh from the first Wolverine movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and personally, I think the best Gambit movie that we can hope for is Hard Target. If you think about it, Van Damme's character in that movie was Gambit. Yeah, I can't unsee that now. I cannot unsee that now. I'm just saying. I think you're right. I think you're right. And. I think part of Gambit's appeal is that he's a scoundrel. He's kind of like Han Solo. Yes. yes. He's, he, he's got a good heart, but he's got a scoundrel's hide. Yeah. And, and, and that's the track. I, 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 it, it, it appeals to my chaotic good nature. <laughs> so, oh. I mean, he, he, he acts like he's like the rogue agent. He, he acts like he doesn't care. He acts like he doesn't take anything seriously. He is like the the charismatic, conniving, swashbuckling scoundrel. But as you have seen in storyline after storyline, he's a good man. He's a good man at heart. He's rough around the edges, but he's a good man at heart. I right. think that's he, that's that's his that's his appeal in a nutshell. Yeah, and right. Now, can Channing Tatum capture that? I honestly don't know. Uh, I'll give a resounding no. And 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 I, and I will go back to I, I will go back to Hard Target. Van Damme's character in that movie he 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 was a, he was a good he he was like he was like Gambit. He had a good heart, but you could tell that he had no problem no maybe being a little extra legal, and that's yeah. why he ended up in the situation he ended up in. Mm-hmm. But I'll just I'll just give you two examples mm-hmm. why it's possible. We all could be wrong on this. Okay. Michael Keaton is Batman. 
Dave Bautista as Drax. Good point. Um, Michael um, Keaton as Batman. I just didn't think he was. I, don't, I didn't think he could do a serious role like that. See, I never questioned it. And Dave Bautista. Well, I just didn't think he could act. Right. But that one I'll give you. But apparently, I mean, now let's face it. Drax is not Shakespeare. Right. But he does Drax very well. So I, I'm going to try to keep an open mind on this. Right. If it comes through, if it survives production purgatory, gets made and comes out, I may give it a shot. If it does not survive production purgatory and shuffles off the mortal coil and goes off to the ether, I'm not going to cry too many tears over it either. No. I, I'll no. agree with you. Now, um, there's another movie that we tend to not really want to care about. <laughs> and, uh,. Kyle, I'll let you pick it up from here. Uh, are, are, are we talking about uh, Venom? Yep. <laughs> Might be. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Venom is coming out in, you know, in a few weeks now. It's like, I think, what, mid to late October we should be getting Venom. And uh, so it's been confirmed that Venom is getting a PG-13 rating. Let me repeat that. Venom is getting a PG-13 rating. And this is a story uh, from comicbook.com. So, uh, so there, there's a reason for this, okay? So it looks like the main reason for Venom getting a rating, getting this rating, is the hopes that Venom may somehow, someday, some way, be incorporated into the MCU. Uh, specifically, uh, so maybe he can, be, maybe he can come face to face with Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I feel kind of weird even saying this, but yeah. And it's it's a thing. The symbiote needs to see Spider-Man before it becomes uh, Venom, in which case this, they're doing the opposite. Right, they are. I mean, like, uh, when you look at the full body, the full body version of the suit, uh, of the symbiote, um, there's no... There's no uh, sign of the spider anywhere. No sign of spider anywhere. Now, they, I would say uh, they've done some cool effects. Like, there's one part where you get a half uh, venom face and a half oh, yeah. uh, flash, you know. No, he's not flash. He's... Uh, Benny Brock. Benny Brock. Eddie Brock. So you get this half Eddie, half Venom face. That looks cool, you know. But I'm like you guys, like you know. Uh, and I, number one, you know that I got. I thought that they wanted to go a little bit darker with this, and that's not to say that PG-13 can't be dark. But you know, especially if they're wanting to leave the door open to be brought into the MCU. That's going to be kind of hard to do. That, that, well, number one, that'd be hard to do with an R. Okay, and I get yeah. that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Well, I get what they're going at, and I think it would be cool to see a Venom slash Spider-Man showdown at some point. Of course. But... Yes, they said it would be harder with an R, but you know what? It's already going to be hard integrating this into the MCU in a way that people are actually going to care about. 
Right. Because you have already separated Venom from Spider-Man. And the thing is, Spider-Man was such a part of Venom's origin. Oh, yeah. It's just, and we've talked about this before, I know, so uh, alert, beating a dead horse alert. But it's, again, I'm going to ask the question, would anybody even care if Spider-Man and Venom clash? I mean, I know I would like to see it just because, well, I want to see it. But I just don't know that the general public is going to. Right. I, you know, it, 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 uh, unfortunately, it's not 1998 anymore. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I think we we've kind of moved on from that. Now, personally, I would love to see something more along the lines of Agent Venom. I would love. That's why I would love to see. Ooh, now that's. And you know, it, in a way, I think I think this version of Venom would be closer to that. Yes. Yeah. Because the Spider-Man obsession, well, I'd, I'd like to say that Venom is kind of past that now. Yeah, I would. I see. That's the thing. I in my head, he is. Yeah. You know, he's kind of he's kind of moved on to do his own thing, and and maybe maybe for all we know, that's the that's the direction that they're wanting to go in. But you still got a lot of people who aren't up on what's actually going on in comics, thinking, hey. You know, you know, back in the back in the nineties, people loved that whole Venom versus Spider Man thing, and like, no, it's kind of over, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Taylor Swift. We are never ever getting back together again. <laughs> so, uh, I, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, could could be worse. Could be Britney Spears. Oops. I did it again. Oh, oh, really? What was that you were just saying about it not being 1998 anymore? <laughs> I, 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 apparently I was wrong. I, yeah. I was wrong. Um, I, I'm going to look and see if there's a DeLorean outside. <laughs> Maybe I missed something. I don't know. Or a tart. Don't know if there was a TARDIS. I think I'm pretty sure I would probably be running. From something that's trying to kill me, so I would rather be in the DeLorean instead of the TARDIS in that case. So, okay, yeah. we're fine. Yeah, okay, I'll 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 take that. Uh, now, one movie that people apparently are caring about is Captain Marvel. Yes, which is it's kind of it's kind of weird in a way because she she hasn't been she hasn't been featured in the MCU yet, and only recently, as recent years, has she actually been anything resembling a major character. Right. I mean, she was an Avenger for quite a while, but she was always kind of like a, I don't want to say a, a, a junior varsity team or a B-string, but she was never one of the main names in the group. Mm-hmm. But, good Lord... And, and last week we talked about the trailer for almost the entirety of the show. Yeah. Excuse me, the issue, because we, we have issues here. Lots of them. Yeah. But in the first 24 hours after that trailer dropped, 109 million global views. That is more than uh, Winter Soldier, more than... Black Panther more than Civil War. 
More than me doing the hula. More than my ice bucket challenge. You had a good ice bucket challenge. Well, Mac enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was glad to see he didn't drop it on you. Well, <laughs> there would have been uh, there there would have been some uh, there would have been some consequences. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, according to Marvel Studios, they tweeted out on September nineteenth. Uh, thank you, Marvel fans, for your support. 109 million global views for the Captain Marvel tra- trailer in 24 hours. Higher, further, faster. Mm. Okay. Y- y- I don't know what else to say about this movie other than I'm pumped for it. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, the thing is, like, they, Marvel has said that, you know, for as, as excited as people were over Black Panther. And as as excited as they were over Infinity War, that you're not prepared for what they're going to do with Captain Marvel, and you know, and they and they keep talking like that. And the thing is, when Marvel Mar- Marvel always backs up what their what what, what their talk is. Yeah, they imagine. have they have yet to overhype something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I may be biased in my opinion, but. I don't feel like they've oh, they've so well with the possible exception of the Inhumans TV series. Yeah, and yeah, and but you know yeah. that's more or less, and I and I think that's just a case of that was something that probably would have worked better as a movie, maybe. Yeah, yeah probably so. Now, but oh, go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. No, okay. Well, you you do you know they announced the uh, opening date for for Ms. Marvel May third, twenty nineteen. Yep. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. That's Avengers four. Yeah. It's March. That's uh, Avengers four. Is that yeah, March third? I think it is International Women's Day. So it's the same thing that they did with Jessica Jones this year. So I'm like. It's it's not just you no know, we're talking about an awesome movie we're talking about oh let's do some cross let's do some cross marketing as well right. <laughs> you know? well why it's not? March eighth not March third March eighth there you go uh, here here's here's my deal I think this is gonna have the appeal of Ant Man and the surprise that Ant Man gave us a couple years ago mm-hmm. well you know and I, I I told you I walked into Ant Man fully expecting it to be the first flop. And I walked out like, oh my god! No, I'm not. Ex- it, I'm not expecting it to be a flop. I'm oh just god, expecting no, it, no! I think a lot of people are expecting it to be underrated, and they're going to come out and find out it's not. Exactly. You know, and the thing I think about is, okay, so okay, so our our only exposure to the cosmic universe so far. Okay, so we we had Guardians, right? And then we, but then to a certain degree, Thor Ragnarok was more more into that realm and obviously uh infinity wars in that realm but i think that uh i think that what we're going to get with captain marvel is it's going to be a master class sitting you right there smack dab in it you know right and i you know the thing is uh being a Marvel fan, the Mar- the uh, the cosmic universe has always been a bit unwieldy for me because it feels so big, you know, it's so vast. Uh, the you're talking about villains who are able to destroy universes, right? You know, and everything is just so much bigger in that world. 
Um, I'm curious to see what is what is uh how does Mar how how is Marvel how is he portrayed in this you know um you know uh the characters that we ran into like uh, Ronan like Ronan and um who's the other character that was from uh Guardians that's show, that's going to show up in this one like we're getting Ronan and there's another uh, character the guy from uh, that catches Star Lord in the very beginning yeah. Okay, so Korath the yep. Pursuer. Yeah, so so we're so we're getting like early versions of those guys as well. I I'm just I really am like I I I am becoming a Rogue One hype about this because I was super hype over Rogue One, and that's how I'm getting about Captain Marvel. Okay, well, I I can see that okay. now. I I think other things that people are getting excited about. Um, I just did something I didn't want to do. Uh, apparently, Loki, Scarlet Witch, and others may have their own show on the Disney streaming service. Um, and the cool, exciting part of all of this uh, is there's a strong chance that it could happen. Now, Marvel and Disney's had no comment, but there's there's been quite a bit of talk stating Scarlet Witch, Loki are among those who could appear on the streaming service instead of having their own solo film. Now, the, the price is a gamble with one of the crown jewels uh, of the Disney empire um, riding on its direct-to-consumer platform, you know, having so much to ride on it. As companies like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu grow their user base, Disney's trying to find a way to establish a toehold. So shows like this would be great for that to happen. Um Disney has already started to unwind its licensing deals in order to put uh, as much premium content on the platform as possible. Uh, that's That means that the company is forfeiting billions of dollars in profit as well as shouldering costs of developing the technology. Uh, the company has announced a number of high-profile projects for the network, like the Star Wars series, um, a show based on High School Musical, a live-action Lady and the Tramp, and more. And plans to uh, include several new releases when it launches, including a live-action Dumbo and Captain Marvel, coming from the big screen to there. So it's it'd be interesting. Um, the Marvel series are in early development, and writers have yet to be attached. Uh, Marvel TV Studios and Disney have been active with shows that included Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil, but sources say those shows will stay under Marvel, the Marvel TV banner with these limited series sets under Marvel Studios. So uh, storylines still have to be fleshed out, but what's what has been fleshed out also is Defender Season 2, done, kaput, hasta la bye-bye. So, okay. I'm, not, I'm not totally convinced that was a bad idea. Uh, I don't either. Like, I'm, I'm, I feel pretty... I feel good with it being just a one shot because it wasn't like they were super committed to being a team. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And plus, the Defenders in the comic books didn't have a very steady lineup for no. much of the run. I mean, it was it's kind of like the Avengers, you know, like Honk if you've been an Avenger. Right. It's kind of like Honk if you've been a Defender. That's true. But... Well, as Meatloaf this, said, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, that too. But I think this is actually, this could be a good thing. Right. Because, all right, think about this. We had season one Defenders with 
Daredevil, Jessica, uh, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. If and I'm still not con- I'm still not convinced that these shows are are definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Although it would be, I think it would be awesome to have a Loki series. I really do. Right. Because there's so much potential there. Right. But what if the next Defender series had a different lineup? I see. I would like that. Like, you know, if it was, I don't know. If it was like, all right, how about this? Like Daredevil and Quake and a couple of other people. Ooh. That'd be a lot of blind shaking. Well, there you go. I, but see, that's the thing about the Defenders is just about it. It opens itself up to all these different lineups. And if these things do come to pass and you do get these other shows about care, like, a Moon Knight series, exactly. Well, I, I a still, Moon Knight series or whatever you could you could have that. See, I I still say too. What about um, keeping Daredevil out of it? Maybe a cameo here or there, but take Jessica, take Luke, take Danny, Heroes for Hire, and bring in Misty Knight, and then don't even worry about other seasons of the other shows. Just do this for a little bit. See, I I well, you know, you know how I feel about. It. I'd be all for it. Uh, but based on how Luke Cage ended and the way Iron Fist ended, uh, we, we, we still have a, uh, we, we still have a corner or two that we need to turn before we can yeah. get there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's got potential. It right. better pay off for Disney because this is definitely a go big or go home kind of deal here. If right. any of this is true. Right. Well, you know, now I will say that for one thing, that, and this is the one thing that Disney has over our distinguished competition, is that if you're if you're Loki, you're Loki. It doesn't matter if it is on the big screen, if it's on TV, or if it's a streaming service, you're Loki. If you're Nick Fury, you know, okay, outside of the animated series, if you're Nick Fury... It doesn't matter if it's on Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. or if it was in Captain America or even if it's in one of the streaming services, you're Nick Fury, you know. Um, whereas our distinguished competition, well, you know, you, it's okay for you to be this particular character on TV, but when we, uh, when we hit the big screen, we're looking for this person or, you know, or, you know, oh, oh yeah, we're going to have a streaming service, but we're going to go with this person instead of the person who's been playing it for, like, years we, and years. We hope that's the case anyway. Yeah. yeah. Because, i I'm be honest with you, if they try to pull that and anybody other than Tom Hiddleston is playing Loki, mm-hmm. this thing is going to flop worse than a Fox-owned Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that is big talk, but you're right. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know. You're, you're not wrong. It's kind of like man, to me, change my mind. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, like, okay, and and this is something I I was still talking about was like, you know, all right, so, you know, a lot of people are pulling away from the cable companies, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're going with the streaming services, but then you get the streaming services, and then you get the apps, and then you get... And by the time it's all said and done, you're paying as much as you're paying for cable, you know, but it's just with streaming as opposed to, you know, yeah. that's something. But you have so much more control over what you watch when you want to watch it. 
And that's true too. And you are pay, you're paying for the convenience. And that is true. And I think it, I think we said it when when Daredevil first premiered on Netflix. I said streaming is the the future of Marvel shows. Right. You called it, and I, I mean, think, well, I don't know if I was the one that called it, but but one of us called it. So one of us is a freaking genius here. <laughs> so you think about it, you could bring back another season of Agent Carter. Yeah. You could get your Howling Commandos period piece. You don't have to commit for a full 13-episode season or whatever. Right. And so I think there's a lot of potential in it if it's done right. Yeah. Well, I we, like have to put the, we have to put that caveat in there, but so far, so good with Marvel. Right. I agree. So... Um, Eric, why don't you grab this last TV story about future of females on Marvel? Future of females on Marvel. Well, hmm. Well, according to comicbookmovie.com, there is a TV series in the works at, uh, at ABC from the writer Alan Heinberg, who wrote Wonder Woman. Uh, details are very sparse at this point. Uh, it says it's just been announced that ABC has given a production commitment to a series that will feature an all-female team of Marvel superheroes. And this was posted, when was this posted? Uh, yeah, back on the 19th. And it doesn't say who it's going to be yet. Yeah, there, there is no word on who it's going to be. Uh, they are just expect, expected to be "quote unquote" lesser known characters. Uh, you could have a force, you could have Lady Liberators, uh, or they could just create brand new characters. I don't think that's going to happen, though. No, no. I just it, there are hmm. for this show. Uh, now Heinberg will executive produce along with Marvel TV head Jeff Lieb, with uh, Marvel TV and ABC Studios producing. I'm just going to call it right here, right now. She-Hulk better be part of it. That's what Don said. <laughs> I Okay, She-Hulk, white, uh, is it white Tiger. White Tiger would be awesome. So She-Hulk, White Tiger, um, let me think. Uh, why not bring back Quake with Secret Orders? Yeah, why not? Okay, we, uh, okay you, so we got she I don't know that you would want a Ms. Marvel in this. No, I don't. Uh, if it's Khan, yeah, why not? It, the only reason the only reason I'm saying this is because she's going to be really expensive when it comes to the special effects. True. Right. Um, but you know, what if we bring back Mockingbird? Oh, yes. I love that idea. Oh, wait. Oh, crap. Okay, so She-Hulk, White Tiger... Quake, Mockingbird. Well, if you do that, bring back Khan, you know, bring in Khan, give her, give this particular series over to Shonda, with Shonda Land, she'll get the money for, for Khan, for the Okay, effects. okay, I'm going to throw one name out for you. Uh-huh. Moon Girl. Ooh. Oh, dude! Think about this. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. See that? I mean, you, you've got to deal with the special effects of bringing a T-Rex to life. Yeah, you could do that 
But how cool would that be? Yeah. And you and you need brains. You, you need brains on the team. She is now, definitely I'm, one of these. Is well, okay. In the comics, I think she is the smartest character in the Marvel universe. Is she smarter than Shuri? I think if so. she's not, she is darn close. She's she's one of them. Yeah, she's right. I know she's up there. Yeah, she is up there. But think about wow. it, with this with this kid with, with Lunella Lafayette or Lafayette, however you pronounce it. I mean, she's young, so you get the kids. Right. She's a girl, so she you get the you get the the female aspect of it. Right. She's a person of color. There you so go. You get, you've got a showrunner of – that's three demographic groups you want to include to be diverse. You've got her, three of them in her. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what? I know I, I, I know one – I know a particular little girl right now that is nuts for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Nuts. And, and more important than anything else, she's a good character. Yeah. She is. Yeah. She is. Well, speaking of characters, we've got our picks of the week for October 3rd, 2018. How did it get to be October? Somebody well, was supposed to remind me of this before it got here. Same well, reason you know, why you, I don't understand how it's there. That's what happens when you don't listen to Green Day. You know, wake me up when September ends. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Well, we have our picks of the week for October 3rd, 2018. Uh, I'm going to start us off with Shatterstar, number one, uh, by Tim Seeley, Carlos Vila, and Yasmin Putri, a gladiator, a warrior, a hero, a man called Shatterstar. Has been many things, but one thing he has always been is deadly. He's not a man you want to cross, or you'll learn that fact all too well. Walk back into the darkness with Shatterstar. So, Kylan, why don't you take us next? All right, so my number one pick is a number one. It is What If Spider-Man. Um, and uh, this is brought to us by Jerry Conway, Diego Olortegui. Please come on the show and correct me, sir. And uh, Patrick Zercher. What if Peter Parker wasn't the one bitten by the radioactive spider? What if the person who got bit was someone who didn't live by the mantra of with great power comes great responsibility? And what if that person was an egotistical bully who was only interested in taking care of himself? What if Flash Thompson became Spider-Man? Then he might be the Flasher. Probably. All right. Well, my first pick of the week, (laughs) moving on, is Infinity War Sleepwalker number one of four by Chad Bowers, Todd Nock, and Chris Sims. Deep in the mind of man, in the ephemeral land of dreams, he lurks. The Sleepwalker, a guardian of the mindscape, a realm threatened by the disruptive power of the Infinity Stones. But when all of reality becomes warped in Infinity Wars... Can Sleepwalker find the help he needs to save us all? I could not. This is kind of like watching a train wreck. The reason why I had to pick this one. Right. Because I, I started collecting Sleepwalker right when it when it was introduced back in the late 80s, early 90s. And you remember when we were chatting with Tom Brevoort, I asked him, you know, if there's some butt obscure character you want, you wanted to pull out of the vault and could, what would it be? And he says, well, you know, 
I pretty much can do that. I think we saw it twice so far with Shatterstar and Sleepwalker. I think yeah. so. I think so. But it's just kind of like, it, I'm picking this just out of the, I can't believe they actually used him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that's my first pick of the week. Uh, I apologize to Eric for this pick, taking it from him. But the goal of Picks of the Week are these are books that we ourselves would pick if our normal books aren't on the list for this week, which I I think I've only got one book truly on this list this week that I normally pick up. But as Guardians of the Galaxy, just like the appeal to Eric, that's the same appeal to me. So if if I was going to do it, I would pick this up. Uh, It's Colin Bunn, Mateo Loli, uh, and Del... Kion, all dead gods go to war. Angela's ragtag team of Asgardians are hot on Nebula's trail, but she left a grisly gift behind with the power of the Nagalfar Amada at her cybernetic fingertips. Nebula is unleashing hordes of undead gods to ravish the galaxy. Its only defenders are the slightly traitorous executioner, a half-mortal Valkyrie, uh, a lost Asgardian huntress, a hammer-welding teenager, a suit of ancient armor, and a frog. And if the rest of the team finds out who's behind the Destroyer's faceplate, things will go from bag to Ragnarok. Guest starring Gladiator and the Imperial Guard. So, Kylan, your number two pick of the week. My number two pick of the week is What If? X-Men, number one, brought to us by Brian Hill, Neil Edwards, Raza, and Giannis Milanomo Giannis. I am proud of myself for that. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, from the publisher that gave you Old Man Logan and House of M, the X-Men as you never imagined. Welcome to the X-Escape program. Uh, to the Exescape, a digital wonderland of business and pleasure accessible to anyone with the social or monetary capital for the biomods needed to log in. Or you can bypass all that by being born carrying an Exe gene. Uh, but circumventing the login regulations is exactly what got the likes of Charles Xavier and his Exe men banned and driven underground in the first place. Free roamers, Domino, and well, user Domino and user Cable have taken every dirty job there is on the skate. But when a simple data scrubbing job turns bad, the life of biomod magnet Eric Lenshare hangs in the balance. And with it, their very society. It's a whole new world of X-Men by Brian Edward Hill of Detective Comics, Neil Edwards of Justice League, and Giannis Milanomo Giannis of Ghost in the Shell Global Neural Network. Eric, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is Cosmic Ghost Rider number four of five by Donny Cates, Dylan Burnett, and Jeff Shaw. The writer is determined to save the universe by ridding it of the greatest threat that ever existed. That's why he's kidnapped Thanos to raise him right. How's that going to work out? Well, he's about to learn. Okay. Well, moving on to final picks of the week. Uh, my last book is by Karen Gillian, Salvador La Roca, and David Marquez. It only mean one thing. Star Wars. It's issue number 55. Hope dies part six. If anyone's to survive this disaster, sacrifice is needed. Who's going to make it? If hope dies, what survives? Gloria Gaynor. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Um, so Kylan, your last pick of the week. 
Uh, you're going to love this. My last pick of the week is uh, True Believers. What if Avengers fought during fought evil during the 1950s? Uh, and this is what I have. And this person had to be paid by the word. Reprinting what if uh, number nine from 1997. Oh, sorry, 1977. There you go. And that's that. <laughs> Eric, your final pick. My final pick of the week is Doctor Strange number six by Mark Wade, Javier Pena, and Kevin Nolan. Doctor Strange returns home to find Doctor Strange. Something bizarre happens that Stephen took off into the cosmos, and it doesn't bode well for him. Okay. Well, I've also got the MU pick for this week. And um, to kind of celebrate Spider-Geddon number zero that came out uh, this week, um, I went with Edge of Spider-Verse number two from 2014. Why? Because it's got my daughter's favorite character, Ghost Spider. I mean, Spider-Gwen. <laughs> In one universe, it wasn't Peter Parker bitten by the radioactive spider, but Gwen Stacy. She's smart, charming, and can lift a car. Just don't tell her police chief father. How involved is is she or how is she involved in Spider-Verse? Seeds of Amazing Spider-Man number nine are planted here. Uh to continue on, um trying to see. Uh trivia. This issue takes place after the story uh, Edge of Spider-Verse Web of Fear Fear in Amazing Spider-Man number seven from volume three. So so, yeah, that's what I've got for the MU pick. Uh, any final thoughts, guys? No. Uh, no. Then uh, I guess there's only one thing left to do. Jarvis? All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. Is it just me? Or are y'all having trouble accepting Friday as the new Stark AI voice? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. I mean, I get it. I get it. You can't have Jarvis and Vision at the same place because, well, you know, that would just be awkward. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you wouldn't mind seeing something. You just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. You have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Please leave a message. <laughs> 